What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have a really special episode today. Uh, we have Leah Frizaski on the call today. And you guys, that name probably sounds really familiar. A lot of you probably <laughs> actually follow her. But she was on episode number five. So like back when we first started this whole thing. And we're still winging it to this day. <laughs> we don't really have a plan with this episode. But I really want to start bringing back some of like the OG girls and just kind of see where they're at right now. Um, especially Leah, like her story is so different right now than it was when we chatted before. Uh, and I'm really excited to hear more about it because I've been following on Instagram and it's been really fun, but to actually like chat with her, I'm just super pumped for, but when we talked, she had had three miscarriages and she was looking into the foster to adoption process. So Leah, why don't you just kind of start? from there. Hello. Well, thank you for having me back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to be back. It's a, it's crazy how much can happen in like seven months. Dude, I know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, so when we last talked, we had been approved to adopt from foster care. We had our home study done and we were just looking like on the online registries and just waiting for a phone call from caseworkers to see if we could match up with a child. And at that point we had put parameters for one child between zero and five is what we had kind of said we were open to and we waited and waited and it was getting really discouraging because we waited all the way from yeah when we talked actually we had been approved with our home study in October and then we didn't hear anything until May just this past May and what actually happened was my husband and I had been we had been really frustrated and just didn't know what to do and we had this empty room this empty nursery and we were like especially after you've been exposed to everything that's going on with foster care and knowing how many kids need homes, we kind of felt like we needed to open up the room to fostering while we were waiting to adopt. And so we let them know in April of this year that, okay, while we're waiting to adopt, we're open to fostering. Well, it never got that far. We signed up for the few classes we would have to take to change our licensing over to fostering. And while our paperwork was changing hands, um, it flagged this person in the adoption. And that's what she actually told us. She said, yeah, it kind of flagged me because you guys were moving from departments. And she, um, we actually got an email one random day and the email just read, could you take these three kids tonight? And then the next email had the kids' pictures. That was it. Tonight? That was all we got. Tonight. Yep. Very night. And my husband called me and he said, Leah, have you checked your email? And I was like, no. And I looked on there and he was like, we can't take three kids tonight. He was like, we don't even have beds. And I was like, I know. So I called her and she was like, I'm so sorry. That probably freaked you guys out. And um, she said, hey, like we got flagged, like your paperwork got flagged because it was switching hands. And are you guys still interested in adoption? And we were like, well, of course we are. We just were going to do this while we were waiting. And she said, well, this is a really unique case. We don't have this happen very often, but it's kind of an emergency placement situation. These three kids have been in foster care pretty much their whole lives. Their case is moving towards adoption, but it's not quite year, like there yet. We're just waiting for the parental rights to be fully terminated. And she said the situation was that the foster family that had had them for this whole time 
it was elderly. They were in their late sixties. I can't even imagine like now having the kids, I'm like, how in the world did they take care of them? But they did. And they were super sweet, but they were really wanting to retire. They'd been fostering for over 40 years. They'd fostered over a hundred children. Yeah. They're amazing. And they had told the caseworkers for months that they were ready to be done, that they needed out. And so they didn't want to do this, but they had to give the caseworkers kind of an ultimatum and said, hey, either you find another home for these kids or we're just dropping them off at the office by the certain date. And that's why the urgency of the email was, can you take these kids tonight? They literally waited until like the last day that she had given them to try and find someone. So the foster care system, it's, there's a I'm lot sure of, there's so much going yeah. on and it's just like <laughs> this whirlwind. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we did not take them that night, but we met them that night um, very hesitantly because we were prepared for adopting one child and we thought, okay, if there was a sibling and there was two, we could handle that. But we never like imagined there being three. And so we went over there and met them. I fell in love with them. Andy was definitely, he loved that. Like he really liked them, but he was definitely still hesitant. And so well, going we went home. from zero to three, that's a yeah, lot. Like, it's a yeah, lot. Yeah, like it's he's a lot. not crazy for thinking that's a lot. And he really was concerned because he travels out of state almost half the month for work. And so he knew I would be home alone with them quite a bit and didn't know how that would go. So long story short, well, I guess I really haven't told a lot of people this, but we said no at first. And we, the very next morning, Andy like said he could not sleep. He felt like, he really felt like God had put on his heart that we needed to take the kids. He said, Leah, I don't know if we're supposed to adopt them or not, but we need to provide a home for them. Like we need to do this. And I of course wanted that. So I was so happy and thrilled that he said, and I think in the moment I was just so excited that we finally were getting like talked to, like the three didn't scare me as much as the thought of not having them scared me. And so that weekend we did an overnight stay to see how it would go. Friends just like let us borrow pack and plays and mattresses and random stuff uh, for the kids to use for that weekend because they told us not to buy anything until we knew for sure, you know, it would work. And the weekend went well. And so we arranged for them to move in with us that following week. So it's been seven weeks now that we've had the kids um, and they moved in that first week. And I mean, we had to get three. We had to get two cribs, one toddler bed clothes, toys. And we were so blessed. We had so many family and friends that like put a meal train together for us that um, gave us Amazon gift cards, Grubhub gift. I mean, literally everything. It was such a blessing. Yeah. So we had such a great community around us that like pulled together to help us. I don't think we cooked for the first two weeks because we had people that brought meals so often. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it all came to be. (laughs) that's so cool that's such a that's a lot though like yeah a lot I like I watch your Instagram stories and I just like laugh because I mean you're definitely handling things with humor I think yeah I have to yeah exactly (laughs) you kind of have to um so what's what's the process been like going from I mean especially going from somebody who you guys were trying to have I don't know are you still is that like too personal of a question no 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 that's not too personal we and actually that was one of the biggest when my husband and I sat down and talked about whether or not we wanted to move forward with the kids that was one of the big questions that actually was a big concern in Andy's heart that I didn't even realize was a concern for him until he voiced it but he just said I'm afraid that if we move forward with three that we're not going to ever 
push to biologically try ever again. Not that we would love them differently or anything, but that is still a desire. And I think something big as well as even now having the kids, your desire for pregnancy doesn't go away. Yeah. I don't think about it as often because I don't have enough time to think about it, but it doesn't go away. Like there's still that desire. Um, I still think about the babies that I've lost, but um, so that is something we talked about. And so right now we're, I'm not like on birth control or anything. We're not preventing it or anything, but we're not trying. So we're not actively okay. trying to be honest. He's gone half the month. So <laughs> it doesn't help our chances anyways, but um, so we're not preventing anything like that. So if, if God wanted that, then we're allowing that, but we're not pushing for it or anything like that. That would be pretty nuts, but um, <laughs> I guess we'd figure it out. I mean, I think in a few years, if every, you know, after they're a little bit older, it would probably be better timing, but I mean, we would be thankful at any time. You know what I mean? Like after you've yeah. gone through pregnancy loss, any baby at any time, like I am mm-hmm. would be grateful for that. Um, but just the process of going from zero to three, um, I think, a lot of people ask me like how do you do it like how do you go like how do you even do that when you haven't even had one and I don't know exactly you just do it you just do it like you do what you have to do it's like any mom I think right it's like any mom it's like you just figure it out you just do do. it yeah and um we've had a great community of friends and people around us especially those first few weeks that really helped us especially because it's not like we just are getting three kids under three, like we're getting three kids under three that also have tons of behavioral issues and trauma, like past trauma and stuff that they're dealing with. And so it's just a whole, it's a whole different mindset too, because like I'll talk to different parents and they'll have suggestions for different things, but that type of discipline doesn't work for them because of what they've gone through. You know, like certain things like they that. They have a different past different. than probably yes. most of the children that yes. you're getting the and, advice from. Yeah. yeah. And there's things that the oldest one, the three-year-old, that she'll say that shows me that she still does remember certain things. And those are hard, like things to work through and talk with her about. And so it's been very interesting to walk through that with them. I mean, we're blessed that they're so little to where we really can instill a lot in them, you know, and help Mm -hmm. them um, with behavioral things, but it's, it's been rough, the tantrums and it's gotten better and better, but those first few weeks, it was pretty, there was like, I was crying like constantly. I mean, I, I loved it and I was happy, but it was hard just because I've never, I'd never dealt with a child that had the tantrums. Like she would go on screaming for 20 minutes at a time, top of her lungs, like nothing would stop her. And we really had to learn. And we had to ask a lot of other families who've had children from foster care and ask them, what do you do in those situations? How do you handle that? And all the advice we've been given from people that have fostered has really worked and it's helped. So now when she does have a tantrum, it's maybe five minutes instead of the 20. And when you first get the children in your home, there's no relationship there. Yeah. So there's no trust. There's, we don't trust what they're going to do. They don't trust what we're going to do. It's just like this figuring out of respect and boundaries and balance and all these things and so I would say it took a good month for us to all kind of get to a point where we felt comfortable like going out in public without having to worry about which she's done multiple times running away into the parking lot or you know things like that that you want to be able to trust that you can handle that just for safety reasons too um so it took about a month for us to really feel like we kind of had some sort of authority in the whole situation. Um, 
but they really do have so many cute moments. Like they, there's some really, really bad moments, but the good moments like really help make yeah. up for it. And just watching and I think that's their for progression. Any, I think that's for <laughs> any parent. It's like, yes. you know, sometimes you just want to like pull your hair out, but like at yes. the same time, it's like the good always the bad. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I am just so proud of you for, you. you know, <laughs> taking that step towards motherhood, even though yeah. it looks a little bit different than yeah. what you guys had originally planned on. But I know you said, fo- or you said adoption was kind of always in your heart, right? It is. Yeah. When we, before we even got married, we both knew we wanted to adopt. We always thought we would adopt one, but, um, <laughs> and after we had biological, <laughs> yeah, your like plans totally change. And I think for me with adoption, like, and I think that's another hard thing for us is because right now they're still considered foster children and their parental rights did get terminated last week. So they are going to be moving towards the adoption side of things. We're supposed to hear a lot more in the next few weeks about what exactly is going to happen. Um, but there's days where I just think I just start planning in my head, like, oh, these are my kids. So when they're this age, we're going to do this and this age. And I catch myself and I go, Leah, you don't have a guarantee right now that these will be your forever kids. And that's such a weird thing because you just get in this mode of these are my kids. And so I have such respect for foster families that where that is always like a lot of times that's the main, because the main goal is supposed to be unification with the families in this situation. Mm -hmm. That's obviously not going to happen, but it's so similar to me to pregnancy after a loss. I was just going to say yeah. that. I was like, gosh, that reminds me very yeah. much of how I felt. Exactly. After. It's, yeah. just, it, it's a very similar process in my mind of I'm going to love you, right? Like for as long as I can, as much as I can with everything I have, but I have no guarantee that you're going to be forever mine. And so it is a very weird, it's been so interesting in my mind mm-hmm. to see the differences. And it's hard too, because they're physically present with me and I'm making these physical connections. And they told us they loved us for the first time a few weeks ago and like things like that, you know, that um, they're, you're building that relationship with them. And so it's devastating for us to think that they could be ripped away if for some reason a family member stepped up or, um, something happened in the case where because they will evaluate and look at other families as well to see who is the best fit for these kids obviously we hope that's us and we've told them that we do want to move forward with adoption because at first we told them we want to provide a safe home but we don't know if this is right or not and then literally I think it was like that month in that my husband came to me and he he had been gone for a week and he said, you know, what? I just missed them so much. He was like, I know that like, we need to pursue adopting them. Like, I love them. Like I want this. And I tried not to get like too excited when he told me that I was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was just so excited. I like emailed the caseworker right then. And um, so no, we, we were very hopeful, but yeah, in the same sense as pregnancy after loss, you're hopeful, but very like cautiously. Yeah. Hopeful. You have your guard up a little bit. You can't, yeah. you can't really help it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's very different, but I will say like, it's been the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And I do feel very fulfilled and very purposeful mm-hmm. in what I'm doing and just being able to watch their transformation of going from how they were when we first got them to seeing them like using their manners or like saying, I love you or calming down and like regulating a lot fast like faster whereas before like they didn't know how to 
to do that. Like they would just scream and scream and they didn't know how to like take deep breaths and calm down, things like that. Or like when we went to the doctor's office and the doctor who's been with them their whole lives since they were infants saying, I've never seen them this happy. They just look so happy and Aww. they're so healthy. And I was, and I'm like, wow. Like, cause it's not like, I'm not doing anything special. There's days where I feel like I'm a horrible mom, where I just feel like I'm upset at them the whole day. And so I don't, but it is, it just is very like fulfilling to know that we are providing a safe home. We are providing a place where they can flourish and grow. And um, it's very difficult to think that they wouldn't be ours forever. But if for some reason, like we have to trust that God knows what's best for the kids. If we're not their best, then we're just praying that everything that we pour into them will just help them in their growth, like wherever they go in life. Um, and that's horrible. It's so hard for me to say that. Like, I don't want to say that. I want to be like, no, I want them to be mine forever. Um, but I do, I want what's best for them. And we just have to trust that God knows what that is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that. If you, yeah. if you had any advice for somebody who was in a similar situation or was looking into adoption and maybe yeah. took that foster route, what would it yeah. be? I think if you have a heart for adoption, if there's anything in you that has that heart for it, definitely research the differences in, in the different types of adoption. Um, someday we ourselves want to do private domestic like infant adoption just because we do want that infant experience if for some reason you know we can't biologically have a baby um so just research the different options costs things like that pray and see like what's right for you and then if you do want to pursue foster adoption go to the informational meeting talk to other people that are foster families what I started doing was following people on Instagram that have adopted have done fostering foster adoption you do learn a lot from just following people and asking questions um and then if it is on your heart to pursue it, then, then go for it. If you both can, if you and your husband can come to, or you and your partner can come to like a piece about it, um, definitely pursue it. But also I think so too, a lot of people have a heart for fostering and they're interested in it, but they just know it's not right for them, that that's not like where they're at in that place in their lives where it would be the right situation. So even if you have that heart for fostering, there's so many other ways to get involved in helping these kids than even inviting them into your home. Um, there's a guardian ad litem program where you can be, it's like a buddy for the kids where you're basically their advocate. You hang out with them like a day a month and just get to know the kids and you're there to advocate for them when it comes to court dates and things like that. And you're a really big voice of if you think the foster family or the people they're with are a good fit for them. Um, and that's not like a huge commitment, you know, it's like once or twice a month. Um, there's families that do what's called respite care, where you can help care for the kids if the parents are going out of town or want to go on vacation, babysitting, making meals, all those types of things. That's all helping these kids that are in the system that need loving care and support. Because I know that fostering, it isn't for everybody. I know that. Um, mm -hmm. I was not open to foster care for a long time. Um, my heart just wasn't. And it took time. Um, and just the right situations and right things to happen before I did feel confident enough that that was the route that we wanted to go. And my heart was open to it. And now it's just like exploding with love, you know, for these kids from it. So it's just, it's a process. Um, and I think especially too, going through miscarriages and loss, there is such a close um, connection between those feelings of loss and giving a child away um, that you feel like is yours. And so I understand if it's a hard thing for people to want to jump into. Um, 
But yeah, definitely if you have a heart for it, there's so many different avenues and ways where you can help foster families and get involved in that way. And it really makes a huge difference in these kids' lives. So cool. I have one question before we jump off that like just popped into my head. I know personally for me, when I was going through my miscarriages, and I don't remember if we talked about this in our original episode, but when people would be like, well, have you you ever thought about fostering or have you ever thought about adoption? Honestly, it pissed me off. Like I was like, I am over here trying to get pregnant and trying, and you're bringing this option up. And I'm not saying that that option wouldn't be yeah. An option in the future, but right now this is where I'm at. Correct. It did now, did anybody ever say that to you? And like how did you yeah. feel about it considering you did have that in your heart? A lot of people didn't say anything to me about it until I mentioned that we were looking into adoption. Okay. And um when they found out that we were kind of starting to get interested, the comments that were made a lot. I remember this one person told me, she's like, oh my goodness, that's probably why you've had all of these losses. God just knew you were supposed to foster. And so that's why you couldn't have the babies. And I just looked at her and I said, no, that's not why I lost my babies. But thank you. That's she's trying. You, I and guess. it's like, they're trying, trying. to help. Like You're anybody trying. who brings that up, they're definitely trying to help. They're not yeah. trying to be rude or mean, <laughs> but it's just like, it really no. just makes you kind of like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, first of all, it's none of your business. It's but- exactly. <laughs> and I think it's something that you have to come to the decision completely on your own and you have to be curious about it yourself. And like I said, it's a gradual process of your heart opening up to it. And a, a big question a lot of people told us because I think a lot of people felt like we were really young to do this. At least we got that feedback. They were just surprised that we didn't keep, that was kind of a question we got a lot too. Like, so have you just given up? We got that question a few times. Have you just given up on having babies? And I got really upset when people would say that. And I would, and I tried to graciously just say, no, we haven't given up. I just, for me, I needed to get out of the headspace I was in. I, I got, depressed and there was a lot of emotions that I had to go through counseling and things to help me through it and for me since adoption was already on our hearts from before we were even trying to get pregnant for me it was already kind of in my heart and mind and so we just decided well this is something we can pursue now something that seems a little bit more for sure and definite for us and we already want to do it and we are young and so after we adopt we can still try that is still something that we can do we're not giving up on that we're not giving up and even if we have more miscarriages we've said you know we will talk to if it's IVF doctors or just different you know we'll still pursue that in the future Um, but no I think that is something insensitive to say to someone that has gone through miscarriages or infertility, bringing that up. I think that's something that that person themselves has to bring up before you can really talk to them about it. It's just their baby. Like there, it's not, it's just sensitive. It's just sensitive. It is. And it's not like one baby makes up for every loss you've ever had. And that's a hard thing too. A lot of people for me have, they've said, I'm just so happy for you that you have, these babies, you know, now, you know, because of your losses. And at the same time, like, yes, they're fulfilling a place in my heart that is long to be a mom and long to love kids for so long, but it doesn't take away from my experience of what I walked through. Something interesting though, that it's not the same, but it is a kind of like a fun fact with it is that if everything works out, this will be kind of interesting, but each of the babies are the exact ages that my babies would have been if 
they would have lived. Oh, it's pretty well, crazy. That's like, very exactly. universal. Yeah, I that's know. so crazy. <laughs> very crazy. And uh, when they show me their birth dates, and for Andy, it was, of course, they're three, two, and one, Leah. And I looked at it, and I was like, they're the exact ages as what our babies would have been. And so it's been really cool to see what our biological babies would have, what stages they would have been at you know and um so I just think it's a really cool god thing you know that if this does all work out and we are their forever family how cool is that that I feel like in a way it doesn't make up or change it or anything like that but I get to experience these babies in the same like I don't know the same Mm -hmm. like life stages that our biological babies would have been at so it's pretty cool (laughs) yeah for sure well thank you so much Lee for jumping on and giving us an update and giving us more information on that process as well and you guys go follow her on Instagram I will link her Instagram in the description of this episode shoot her a message if you want to she's really cool she's really nice (laughs) and she's really cute too and her Instagram is super fun to follow and what I love about the way you share your story is you're very informative too so like I learn a lot by following you and I think that that's really unique and I just love that so thank you so much thank you all right we'll talk soon all right Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.